97X. Band the future of rock and roll. Episode 34. Today's special test tube meet. Also, Steffi is anxious, but so is Simone. They need you to help them chill out. Then, find out why both of them would rather be called a cunt than a hipster. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you dong? Dong very well. How are you dong, Simone? I'm dong wonderfully, <laughs> thank you. I'm dong great. One of the reasons I'm dong great is um, I was reviewing uh, our downloads and where they come from, and you'd be surprised at, at some of the places our listeners are, are, are from. We have listener in South Africa, Greece, Indonesia, I've and, and even somebody in the Ukraine downloaded our podcast. <laughs> Aww. So yeah, so I was really touched. Ukraine. Yeah, and the South Africa, the South Africa number seems to be about the same as the number of episodes we have, so I'm convinced that's just one person. <laughs> but here's my, here's my suspicion of who it could be. There is a, another Simone Turkington. If you Google Simone Turkington, there is another Simone Turkington, and she's from South Africa. So I wonder if she Googled her name and saw me, and now she likes our podcast. <laughs> So that's my fantasy. South African listener, if you're listening, you know, happily, we'd be happy to hear from you and know who you are. So, yeah. And you're very nice for listening to every episode, if that's you really you. Thanks to everyone oh, if we from can all just over get, the world. If we can just get someone in a communist country to listen to us. Then yeah, right. It will yeah. really be something. Yeah. I would like someone in China. I bet nothing we have can get through to China. <laughs> yeah, I bet nothing. Yeah. Okay, so um, la- a few weeks ago, I guess it was just after the Super Bowl, um, I, ha- I I posted a tweet, and the tweet said, I don't understand why NFL players wear helmets. Surely those are the last heads in America that need protection. And then um, it got retweeted by Tim Heidecker, and then so, I don't know, 100,000 people it was tweeted to and then I got all these people retweeting it and tweeting at me and this one guy tweets at me oh great another athlete's a stupid joke hipster cunt (laughs) (laughs) and and I was actually more annoyed that he called me a hipster than a cunt I actually didn't care that he called me a cunt at all I was annoyed that he called me a hipster I was like oh he thinks I'm a hipster just because I don't like sports so well it's way less it's What's way worse to be called a hipster. Yeah, who cares about being called a cunt? Like, if you're calling me a hipster, then you're that feels really judgmental. To me. It feels that's more specific, like cunt. But it doesn't even mean anything to me. It's just like sounds harsh, you know. But it doesn't affect me at all. The word doesn't offend me. But hipster is very specific. It's you're, you're pigeonholing me to be a type of person, whereas cunt doesn't really say much of anything. I think. You know? <laughs> so, and didn't you get called the same thing not long before? I that? did. Yeah, it was like a week before you, and I don't even remember the context, um, but someone called me a hipster, but they, they didn't, I think they meant it in a nice way, but huh. it made me, yeah, I was like, Does anyone mean oh. it in a nice way anymore? I think, well, people who don't know what know any better do. <laughs> well, it's weird, because I used to, well, I mean, even now, I still, if I'm, if I'm in a new town, 
I would say I want to find the hipster area because there'll be vintage clothing stores, there'll be vegetarian restaurants, there'll be, you know, there'll be good stuff to stuff that I like to do. So it's not my fault that hipsters started doing stuff that I like to do. So I you know, I always said, yeah, you know, it's a good hipster neighborhood because there's tons of stuff I like, but now I feel like that, that word's been taken away from me because and it didn't used to be a dirty word, but now it's a dirty word. So now it's got all this negative connotation to it. So I, I'm kind of annoyed that I'm, I'm not allowed to use it anymore. But that's why I'm surprised that anyone even may have meant it as a compliment because I feel like it's everybody well, means it as an insult now. Well, there's a lot of boring people out there. And yeah. they are like, I would love to be called a hipster. And so... Oh, yeah, there's two, the, kinds, there's two kinds of the boring really people. Mean? There's the, the boring people that want to be hipsters. And then there's the boring people that go, oh, hipsters. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, that, we're the latter. <laughs> that's going to scoff at people who have weird and interesting tastes. You know, you're eating at Applebee's. You're just watching two and a half men. And then you're going to be like, oh, hipsters. I'm so tired of that. That, those are well, the people complaining about it a lot. Well, I think my problem with being called a hipster is that they're te- they're saying that I have bad style. Oh, you and think? And so that's what that feels like to me. That's what that feels like to me. That's someone who has, who's like saying something about my style. And if you're calling me a hipster, then that means that you think I have bad style, and that's why it hurts my feelings. Oh, see, no, I take it differently. I take it as it's people that that you know see somebody doing. Like hipsters now, I feel like we call in Australia we call people tryhards. Maybe I guess it's like saying a, a wannabe. So it, I think hipsters are now seen as tryhards, people that are trying to be weird and, and and kooky and have those giant glasses and you know messed up hair and, and ripped stockings. You know, so it's like that's become like a, a, a thing. Like oh, I'm going to be a hipster and I'm going to do all this stuff. So. It's more like an insult on somebody trying to be weird. I, that's how I saw it anyway. So that's interesting yeah, that you're just sort calculated. of saying you have bad taste. I, because I think t- hipsters probably have better taste than a lot of the boring people that are calling, complaining and calling people hipsters. Well, I think those are the people who who would think it's a compliment. Maybe. Right. But if, if you think I dress like a hipster, that's not okay. Because I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of... And yeah, is that where you're coming from well, it sounds like you, it's not a compliment because um uh because of what it means to you but to them i think it just means that they think you're you're, you're being a tryhard rather than whereas mm-hmm. yeah whereas you seem to think it means that they think you have bad taste like hipsters but i don't think yeah it's a very different uh, interpretation yeah. well and the guy that called you a hipster kind probably thought that you hate all sports in general but yeah. you like the ones without helmets Exactly, and and, and and how about that for pigeonholing somebody? Somebody that that, that <laughs> says something mean about about football, you know, must be a hipster. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. So yeah, he pigeonholed me just in the same way he thought I was doing it, and I was just making a joke because I thought it was funny. It just popped into my head. I tweeted it. I do hate football. I love Australian football. I love baseball. So you know, it's just. Uh, but you know, the, all that doesn't really matter. But yeah. Well, if Tim Heidegger thought it was funny, then there's something. Yeah, exactly. Fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Please call me a cunt before you call me a hipster. Yes. That's the moral of the story. Oh, much better. Oh, so this weekend you went to Pop Shakespeare, you were saying? No, Pulp. P-U-L-P. Shakespeare. Oh. Everybody be cool, this is a robbery! And the up-zero fucking pricks move! And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! I heard you saying P-O-P. Yeah, no, Pulp. And you, I think you, I wish you could see it, because I think you would love it. What it is, it's a fusion. They've taken 
Pulp Fiction and completely redone it in Shakespearean language. It's amazing. I loved it so, so much. Wow. I just couldn't. So the play? The play, yeah. I mean, you know, I love Shakespeare. Uh, I love Pulp Fiction and. You love Pulp Fiction, it's like both of one of our, both of our favorite movies. But um, yeah, so that's when I and, I and I love Shakespeare, so I'm like, hooray, this this should be great. And it really was like they took pretty much the entire script and re rescripted, like nothing was left out. And if you knew all the stuff, you know, that happens in the movie really well, as I do, and I know you do, you know, it makes sense. Even though Shakespearean language yeah. is kind of hard to understand, you know, when you know it's supposed to be happening, you can you can figure out what the words are saying. Oh, so yes. yeah, I wish you could see because it, it was that the, sounds it was amazing. The, yeah, so um, so like in the, I mean, my mind was just boggling. I, I I wish I was taking notes while I was watching. I may even go again because I loved it so much. But um, so when they were redoing the scene where um, where Vincent and Jules are in the car talking about uh, Vincent's trip to uh, to Amsterdam. So now they're on a carriage, you know, they're just like, you know, got a <laughs> they're like, you know, making out there oh, on a nice. wagon with a horse, and um. And uh, Vincent explains what they call a cottage pie in France instead of a quarter pounder. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Jules asks what they call cream, and Vincent says it's the same. It's just la crème. <laughs> I love Big Mac. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't in go into Burger King. Oh well, that's the next part. So then, when Jules really? uh, when Jules asks what they call a black pudding, which he's obviously asking in place of a whopper, and Vincent huh. says he doesn't know. I didn't go to that tavern. <laughs> oh, so yes, yeah, so the original line is he didn't go to Burger King. So that was did they that completely was, recreate it? There's no way they did every single scene. They did every. The only scenes they left out were they left a lot of sort of when Vincent gets to. Mia's house to pick her up and they left out the scenes with Tarantino and the cleanup and the wolf they left that up but everything else oh. was in there everything else was in there oh so, the wolf would have been funny though it would have he... it would have but they and they had they had the Christopher Walken scene well that's a very important scene but they had this guy and he was kind of doing a, a Christopher Walken impression but in Shakespearean mm. language it was so oh. hilarious and um in the scene uh, at Jackrabbit Slim's when Mia orders the, the $5 milkshake, um, in this yeah. Vincent was appalled that the cream drink was five galleons. <laughs> and he was saying, I have to taste this, but I wish I could repeat it, but it's so hard you can't paraphrase Shakespearean language. Right, right. I want to really- understand Shakespeare better because I know Kate, like I was talking to our friends, Kate and Ginger, you know, Ginger said that she loves when Kate does Shakespeare, because, you know, she's from Oxford and has, you know, studied theater there, and I'm like, I need to get Kate to help me understand. Well, what I always found <laughs> when stuff. I would study in school, when I would first read it, it makes no sense at all. But when you mm-hmm. know the plot synopsis of what's happening, it, it mm-hmm. all makes total sense. You just read it, and you're like, oh, they're saying this, it's, they're saying that, You just you because you then you're not trying to figure out what it says, you know what it says, you're just kind of, your brain just yeah. can sh- shuffle the words around and, and make sense of it. So my sister was having a really hard time with Macbeth when she was in high school, and I had done it two years before. So I retold the entire story, but with like, I, I changed all the characters to be her friends and stuff, and just told her everything start oh, to finish. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and then she understood it, and then when she went to the school after that, she was totally down with it, because, you know, she knew understood the story oh, and then and then so when cool. she read it it was it made sense so um uh so a couple other things i wanted to to mention from it um when uh the scene at the end you know when um 
uh, Honey Bunny is, uh, oh, Pumpkin, sorry, is trying to get uh, Jules to uh, take, you know, he's trying to rob Jules, and Jules says, take my wallet out of the bag, the one that says yeah. bad motherfucker. <laughs> In what this, he said, take my coin pouch out. It's the one that says blasted Oedipus. <laughs> <laughs> So and, good. And then the one last thing I want to mention, um, you know that the joke that Mia tells about the three tomatoes, because she oh, was yeah. on the on, on the uh, on that pilot that didn't get picked up. So in this, I was like, how are they going to do that? There's no ketchup in you know the 1600s, because the joke is uh, there are three tomatoes traveling, and the baby one is lagging behind. So the dad daddy tomato turns around and squashes it and says, ketchup, like ketchup. So I was like, what are they going to do for for that in in you know Shakespearean times and so it turned out in that version it was three grapes and the baby grape was complaining that they were going too fast so the daddy grape turned around and squashed it and said don't whine <laughs> isn't that awesome that's so smart I know. have they been doing this for a long time I think it's been going for a few months so and I think oh it keeps getting extended oh and when when Butch is about to leave the pawn shop while Marcellus is getting fucked in the ass he, he's, he's he, I think in the movie he just kind of looks around and decides like shit you know should I or shouldn't I and in this he said to flee or not to flee <laughs> seriously yeah, so that was great. So I highly recommend it. Anyone in LA, you should totally go and see this. Pulp Shakespeare at the Theatre Asylum. You can get tickets for $10 on Gold Star. But I hope, I, I wish everyone could see it that loves Pulp Fiction because it's amazing. So I think I'm going to watch the movie again and then go and see it because uh, then it will make even more sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now, um, what did you do on the weekend? You went to uh, some sort of Jesus camp. That's what I told Greg well, to <laughs> Yeah, we went out on this retreat with this, and it's hard because, like, um, I have a lot of baggage, emotional baggage surrounding these sort of, like, spiritual retreat things because yeah. I grew up going to Bible camp and church camp and stuff and, and really not liking a whole lot of it. And um, Yeah, I remember when, so I think time, early when we were friends, I, I told you to watch that documentary Jesus Camp, and you were like, I can't watch that. And I was surprised because yeah. you were so up for any any stuff like that, but then suddenly you're yeah. like, no, I can't watch that. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I will watch just about anything and I cannot watch Jesus Camp because it's just too horrible like yeah. it's too close to like what I, I knew what traumatized me so whenever I you know but I felt really safe going on this retreat with these people because um, it's just like it's not even a church I mean it's kind of technically called a church but it doesn't really feel like a church I tell people it feels like an AA meeting if anything because <laughs> we like sit on in folding chairs in the basement and there's coffee you know and we just talk hi kind of my name the, is Stephanie and I'm a Christian is it like that? <laughs> well, well, it's more like I'm Stephanie and I'm a secular humanist. <laughs> right, right. Can you still love me? And they're like, okay, you know, but we're like curious about this Jesus thing. So we all went out there and um, it was, yeah, it was really super great because it, um, it was just kind of like a small, smallish group of people, like 30 or 40, but um, uh-huh. just went out with our families and I got to know some people more like this, this guy, Nathan, who... Um, I haven't gotten to know him very well yet because he's been in Liberia for oh. a while working at an orphanage. Wow. Um, he was an advocate for the children there, and he was telling me stories about the... Um, he would sit and do art therapy with them because of the language barrier. He would just kind of just come alongside them and um, just kind of make contact, and they'd all been victims of really severe trauma, and the kids would draw their trauma. 
you know, and um, he was figuring out that something really bad was going on in the orphanage. And if he, if the people who ran the orphanage knew that he knew, then um, he would die. You know, they would kill him. Because so he was trying to do that. He was telling the government, "This is what's going on, but you cannot let the kids um, be hurt for telling me." And um, his life was threatened, but he made it back alive. And he says that he felt good about the way he left it. That yeah. Um, he told the officials, you know, about what was really happening. So it was just people like that. Like, that's those are the kind of people that are in the group. It's all a bunch of social workers and, wow. um, yeah, advocates and people who work at shelters. And um, so that's why this little community feels so much like, um, just kind of like we need to come together and band together to heal from yeah. what we do out there. Like, so we just get all the support from each other. But um, that, you know, that was really lovely. But I did have, like... Yeah, a freak out when I woke up late and they're and they're like, like someone left a note and they're like, oh, we're at breakfast, but I didn't know where it was because we're at this big camp, but I had no idea where the where people were eating, uh-huh. and the, there was no cell phone reception because we're like way out there, and I was like, all my abandonment issues came back, oh, no. and like I just had this like, yeah, like a freak out, and I, you know, it needed to happen, like I just needed to process it and sit with it, but they felt so bad when they found out, you know, I'm like, no, it's okay, you couldn't have known, but, you know, so. Um, yeah, that was kind of an emotional weekend. It was kind of going up and down, but it was good overall, and I'm That's really glad I went. And um, yeah, and then today we got this email because um, over the weekend we we're talking about Lent and and what that means. You know, it's the 40 days leading up to Easter. And, oh yes, um, I went to a Catholic so, school. I know all about Lent. Yeah, so you know all about <laughs> Lent and how you you know you traditionally give things up, and most people like give up chocolate or Facebook as well. A lot of people are giving up, you know, that sort of thing. But, yeah. Um, um, they were, yeah, we were talking about, well, what does, you know, what does it really mean? Like, are you supposed to give stuff up? Blah, blah, you know, just do it, you know, don't do it without thinking. That's kind of what they were saying. But yeah. I got this email from um, the pastor guy, the guy who leads the church today. Like, he sent it out to everybody. But <laughs> I thought you guys would think this was funny. Because he goes, this Sunday during our time with the text, we'll be reading through the Gospel of Mark chapter by chapter. Please bring along something to do while you listen to the words and let the story wash over you. This could be a sketchbook, journal, knitting lump of clay, yoga mat, anything that would be a restful <laughs> and creative way for you to interact with the narrative. Peace be with you. And I just thought that was so, I'm like, if someone brings a yoga mat. I know. I just stretching. love picturing this room. It's like, sounds like something in Homer Simpson's imagination where 800 different things are going on at the same time. <laughs> yoga and clay and sketching and knitting and, you know, trapeze. <laughs> totally. I, I mean the that. lump of pl- the lump of clay like like really got me and then yoga mat was next and I'm yeah like, oh, yeah I know so it was just getting better and better we have to report <laughs> all the things that, that that come out I'm dying to know I know I know it's so funny it probably won't be any big deal they used to put um for a while they put like play-doh on each table so we could just like make stuff while they're talking because you know how you listen better if you're doodling or you know doing something with your hands or something so uh-huh. Um, they were doing that, and that's when I molded a giant dong <laughs> out of the play-doh. Did anyone see it? Were you in trouble? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they like that was they were you know no one's gonna like yell at me there. No, and, no. So no. that's good. Like in my past life, they I would have gotten chewed out. So hey. oh yeah. And then yes. and then my dong would have gotten smashed. <laughs> but here I put it up on the altar with everything everyone else made. <laughs> They're like that's nice, Tony. Awesome. You made a dong so, in church. You made a dong in I church. Did. 
I did, and I took a picture of it next to the Bible, and then I tweeted it, so I'll have to pull that. It's on Twitter, so I'll have to pull it off, and we'll Please. put it on the website. I, I, I missed that one. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today, okay, so I was at work, and I started, like, feeling, you know how you... Um, I've had, I've talked to you about having panic attacks before and yes. you said you kind of felt like stuff with anxiety too. So I thought we could, yes. you know, talk about this and, you know, let the listener know. Yes. If you feel anxiety, then let us know so we don't feel alone, but cause it's the worst feeling. And I started kind of feeling just anxious about, I didn't yeah. know what and, and that sort of thing. So, um, it's bad when yeah, it's, so, you can't pinpoint what's caused it. Like nothing's well, actually changed exactly. in your life, but suddenly you're all frantic about the same old stuff. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unpleasant. It's really unpleasant because you can't just make it. You can't just quit it, you know. Yeah. So one thing um, I get worked up about a lot, which I've told you, is that after we've we've done an episode and until I've edited it and gone over it, I I get really paranoid that it's not very good and then I, I I work myself into a stew and thinking about things that I probably want to remove in the edit and usually I've worked myself up into nothing and I just take out the bits I don't like yeah. so it's uh but yeah I, I can really get into quite a stew at a, you know sometimes uh, over stuff like that mm. so yeah totally I mean I think it's because of kids and work and um, yeah. I have to go to court tomorrow for my um, oh. speeding ticket from forever ago and um, you know, just all this stuff is happening. Like it's constantly stuff. I need to cut stuff out, but I don't know what because I love everything. So yeah, and I'm not going to cut. I'm not cutting out the podcast. So Yay. don't get excited. <laughs> let me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just that thing, and I think is kind of the root of it. But I emailed my friend who um I don't okay. Have you watched Intervention? Have we talked about this? Oh yeah, I love Intervention. Okay, do you know that um, Intervention? Is that awful to say named... that I love Intervention? Oh no, it's the best. I, I freaking love that show. And um, my favorite Interventionist is the is the guy with the white hair and the beard. Oh um, yeah, yeah, and his yeah. name's Jeff Van Bonderen. So um, he wrote this book called The Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse that massively influenced my blog. And um, his daughter commented once on in something I'd posted on Facebook. She's like, oh, that's my dad. And she and I have this internet friendship now, you know. So she's a Presbyterian pastor in Minnesota. And I emailed her today. And I was like, oh, I'm having anxiety and stuff. And she wrote back the neatest thing. So I just thought I would read it. But she goes, it's very Linton of you to be in tune with your current state of anxiety. Also to remember that it's not a permanent state. Notice and observe and don't be judgy about it. Anxiety comes sometimes. So what? It's not the final say over you. And then she said some other spiritual stuff that I'll leave out because, you know, it's just kind of Jesus-y. But then she goes, <laughs> but, de- but death still happens. Today, that looks like anxiety. What it is to be human. It doesn't change the truth about you. Reminders of truth and peace that comes from remembering is how she signed it. And it was just really it's lovely. So it's so useful <laughs> just to hear little things like that. I mean, when you hear it, it's like, well, yeah, duh. But you forget it when you're in an anxious, you nutty totally state. Do. You don't remember to, to, to think of those things. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yes, we'll have to put yeah. that up on the website so everyone can benefit from those words of wisdom for the anxious yeah. among us. <laughs> Yeah, and something that just helps me so much is to know it's not just me who gets that helps know, so much too. Panic it's like, attacks. Oh, like, everyone's okay, insecure. And... Everyone's a bit unhappy. Oh, good. <laughs> I feel great now. <laughs> I feel I feel awesome. I'm so glad everyone else is up to that too. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's good. I'm better now. Excellent. Well, shifting gears, just to make for some people who are going to feel worse, um, but this is not spiritually, but physically. Um, uh, listener Emily. She sent me this story, which is fantastic. Man may have had heart attack at the heart attack grill. Oh. 
Yes. And it's, just is that the name thing, of a restaurant? It's the name of a restaurant. This whole oh. thing is just brilliantly written. So here we go. <laughs> the man whose identity has not been released was eating by himself when he began to complain began complaining of chest pains. Started sweating and stuttering his words, said John Basso, the restaurant's owner. I was in the back cooking and the nurses came back and said, Someone is having a heart attack. At first, There's Basso, nurses at the restaurant, like on staff? No, no. Oh. At first, Basso didn't believe it because in the hospital-themed restaurant where waitstaff wear sexy nursing uniforms and the diners oh. are outfitted with hospital gowns, the employees and customers sometimes role-play. <laughs> <laughs> and then goes on, No, he's really having a fucking heart attack, one of the employees told Basso. <laughs> Basso, who goes by the name Dr. John in the restaurant, <laughs> and who plays the role in a white doctor's coat and stethoscope, called an ambulance and paramedics were quickly on hand to treat the man who Basso described as a normal run-of-the-mill guy in his 40s. The customer was reportedly recovering in a nearby Las Vegas hospital after the attack, said Basso, who is not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> The burger joint, whose slogan is Taste Worth Dying For, is known for its self-proclaimed unhealthy food. A sign on the front door reads, Caution, this establishment is bad for your health. Really? (laughs) But you don't know if that's a joke, you know? Well, it is. I mean, so, I mean, I think with all the information they give you in there, it's true. In addition to the now infamous bypass burgers, diners can also enjoy fries cooked in pure lard and butterfat shakes. A huge neon sign above the restaurant's door advertises, over 350 pounds eats free. (laughs) But they must prove it by weighing in on a scale in the middle of the restaurant. Stop it. No way. So what's on that triple bypass burger? Three half-pound hamburger patties with buns dipped in lard, half of an onion cooked in lard, a whole tomato, 15 pieces of bacon, cheese, and special sauce. (laughs) Estimated at 6,000 calories, Basso stated the obvious when he said the burgers are higher calorie than your typical burgers. Oh, God. The restaurant also serves the quadruple bypass burger, estimated at 8,000 calories. But Dr. John says calorie count may be irrelevant. Heart attacks are a genetic issue. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, yeah, that's part of it. I know, but yeah, just, yeah, that, that's If I'm it. eating coconut oil every day and onions are fried in lard with, oh, my God. I know. In an interview with ABC News last year, Basso said his food can be viewed as absolutely evil. I genuinely hope that people continue to eat in a sinful way, but moderately, he said. I don't want to see everyone come into my restaurant every day. It's a once a week cheat day thing. That is not a once a week thing. You do not wow. get to eat 6,000 calories in one meal once a week. Wow. That would make up for all the calories you would save dieting. For like two days. Oh, I know. It's insane. Oh. What an ass. Oh. Now get this. This is, this is so great. Basso used to own a Jenny Craig franchise and fitness center, but left the fitness business because he did not feel he was reaching anyone, he said. The heart attack tech grill came under fire last year when its spokesman, 5'8", 570 pound Blair River, died last year of pneumonia at age 29. No way. It is not possible to say what role River's weight played in his death. I hired him to promote my food, said Basso. 
We are absolutely guilty of glorifying obesity. <laughs> oh, I like that. Actually. I know it's just pretty. I know stuff like that just starts making me like it a little bit. Uh, on, uh, on Saturday evening, customers close enough to see the customer having a heart attack were mortified," said Basso. Tourists were less sympathetic, apparently thinking they were witnessing nothing more than a fit of acting or a publicity stunt, yeah. since the restaurant sometimes wheels healthy customers in and out of the restaurant in wheelchairs. Oh, <laughs> it was horrible. The tourists were saying, "Hold on, slow down, let me get a shot." <laughs> Way yeah. did this guy live? They said he's just, recovering. He just right? he's okay. recovering, but yeah, so uh, just all that it just keeps giving and giving that article, you know. <laughs> it, just, it really does. He's Tony Jenny Craig. Oh my god, it's so American. It is so American. This is why the terrorists hate us. Exactly, that is exactly why the terrorists hate you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now I wanted to talk about uh, test tube meat. Do you know? Have you any thoughts? Do you know much about this? I've this never process? even heard about it. Okay, so scientists. And I'm scared. The scientists are making meat in in labs, sort of like taking muscle tissue and and like cloning it and just growing it in labs. And and uh, Peter's really into it, and it's going to be great for the environment because just. You know the cost on the environment of having cows and all of that is is really really bad. So if you could just completely eliminate that need, it would be really amazing for the environment. And I have to say, yeah. day one that that's available, I'm there. I am having a fucking piece <laughs> of beef because I, I I had no problem with the taste of beef. I just didn't want to kill animals. So if an animal, if the beef is made in a lab, I'm eating it. So what do you how yeah. do you feel about it? Sure, I mean. I'll eat anything. <laughs> but it's not something you're like grosser. Because some people would be all like, oh, it's too many, it's artificial or whatever. But it's not artificial. It's made from the tissue. It's just sort of developed in the lab. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Because I was thinking of more being like a tofu type of thing. Oh, um, no, no, no. It's actual Yeah, beef. this is it like is straight beef. up like stem cells cloned kind of situation. So. Yeah. And I'm willing to try it, yeah. But even but it's weird because even like Splenda scares me a little bit. So I don't this, know. The Splenda's don't know. not sugar though, is it? Isn't isn't that all artificial? Yeah, it's like it's it totally tricks your body. Your body just doesn't know what to do with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, this will be actual beef. It's actual beef. It just didn't come from a living cow. It was just mm. developed in a lab. So. Well, I think I like that better then because I don't like the ideas of cows. Like the, my kids are so funny because they're like. If they ever have like a chicken drumstick, they're like, "Ew, this came from an animal." Yeah, <laughs> and that's how disassociated they are. And like, when whenever we drive out like into the country, you know, they're like, oh, "Are we in the jungle?" <laughs> like, that's a cow. <laughs> I mean, they know, like, but they're they're pretty much city kids. And, um, I'm, I'm like, "That's a cow. That's where hamburgers come from." They're like, "Oh," I'm like, "I know." Yeah. <laughs> so, trying to let them you know give them a bit of context good lord it's so. important to, to know where your food's coming from and God, oh. like i was i was listening to tom arnold um on uh, the adam carolla podcast talking about how his uncle like was a supervisor at the hormel factory you know, oh, where they you know yeah, yeah. and he said that no one was allowed in there who didn't work there like they tried to keep everyone out because yeah. it was like so all awful. those fucking meat packing facilities are all shut down and they try to they, they they had something where they let someone into a 
into a slaughterhouse and some big piece was done, but they let them into the the cleanest, most humane one. It's that wasn't the way they all are. You know, they're mostly really fucked. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm pro test tube meat. And, uh, and and another thing, if people think, oh, that's weird, I'm, the meat that they're eating anyway is filled with hormones and all kinds of fucking oh, oh, shit. Oh yeah. So it's not it's not as though you're eating great meat unless somebody's eating organic exactly. beef all the time. Right. Then I then then I could say, okay, well you you're sticking to that. But anyone who just eats any old beef, well, there's no reason you shouldn't eat it from the test tube because yeah. Yeah, you can't trust it. Yeah, I I think that in that context, I'd definitely rather have test tube beef. Yay. I just like that. I like saying test tube meat or test, test tube, tube beef. Meat. Or beef. Which one is funnier? I think test tube <laughs> meat is funnier. Well, the beef is a funny word. <laughs> it really is. Remember, where's the beef? I, we didn't and, have like, that in I Australia. Thinking, oh, you didn't? Because, no. like, that was the biggest damn thing, you know? But I'm like, would that slogan even take off now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> would anyone think that was funny, like, in 2012? Or, I don't know. I think that in Australia, the big, was, the big push was because uh, lamb is commonly eaten there so there were always oh. these ads about you know pushing lamb from the lamb board so um and there was this whole series of ads where this girl is calls into a radio show and they like oh they call her and they're like congratulations you've won a dinner with tom cruise and she's like oh my god and she's so excited and they're like and she's like when is it and they're like tonight and she's like i can't mom's cooking a lamb oh. roast oh. <laughs> <laughs> so shitty <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was probably hilarious in the 80s, and, and then now we'd be like, ugh. Yeah. But, I think I thought it was funny the first time, but it kind of ran for a really long time. Well, sure. If you do it or another. I was watching that Juicy Fruit commercial on YouTube and just laughing so hard. Then, get your skis shined up, grab a stick of Juicy Fruit. You know, that's... You sing yours, and I'll see, it's, You sing yours, it's It's got to be a little bit different, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do I have to? Just sing the like, Well, yours goes. The taste will get you moving. Is that right? The taste, the taste, the taste is going to move, y'all. <laughs> right, and in Australia, it says, the taste, the taste, the taste will get you going. <laughs> Why would they want to change just that, those I two words? Know. I That's guess so move you didn't really work with us. So, um, Maybe but not. I, I, both ads are on, are, are on YouTube, so we'll have to put both of them up. But it's just so funny. Juicy fruit will get you going. It's got the taste <laughs> that keeps on going. Juicy fruit, the taste, the taste, the taste that gets you going. And yours is all about movie. Got- yeah, we've got Juicy Fruit is gonna move you, and it's got the it choose a song that gets right to you. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't know it did that. <laughs> That's way dumber than than the moving one. Oh my gosh! And I just remember, well, they had two versions. They had like um the water skiing one, and then they had the snow skiing one. And they would run them seemingly. Yes. And I just remember the the snow or the water skiing one, this girl like taking off her shirt and she had these, this amazing rack, you know? And that's like the big highlight of the commercial <laughs> that's only on the screen for like one second. You know? Brilliant. <sighs> and even, I was like 10 and I'm like, wow, this girl's <laughs> boobs are amazing. <sighs> Gosh, well, I can't wait for the comparison. Well, uh, I guess... Uh... <laughs> I guess it's now time for us to to move and uh, and wrap things up. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, get, uh, what's get that? you going? 
Yes. This podcast is going to get yes. you going. So, yeah, now uh, this podcast is going to get you going. And we've got to get going. So, uh, thanks all for listening. <laughs> Visit dongtini.com for all the crap we said we'd put up on the website. And uh, until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Sue. Bye. Bye. Dear Mom and Pop, how do I tell you? I never thought I'd ever find the nerve. I guess I could just let it be You'd have heard it from somebody's